-hmm. We care about the homeowner and we care about the environment. Mm -hmm. uh, we are trying to lower emissions, you know, into the atmosphere. We're trying to build it. We're, we're conscious. We're eco-conscious. Mm -hmm. we, we care about sustainability. We care about, um, you know, the toxins that are in your home. We don't want VO2 emissions going right. off while you're living in right. your home, all of the mm -hmm. things. So the real heart of my message is that we care. Welcome to Home Green Homes podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka, a green home advisor and a green realtor. Here I invite variety of experts in the world of green homes and have conversations about how we can all live in healthy, resilient, and efficient homes. My guests provide insight in a wide range of topics from designing, building, and living in green homes purchasing or financing green homes and improvements to how we can live to reduce the negative environmental impact from the way we live. My goal is to inspire and inform you about how we can make a difference in our own lives and our environment. Hi, this is Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Homes. I, I am so excited to have Leanne and Lawrence today for my podcast. And Leanne Randall, Randall and Lawrence Ramirez of Fortunate Foundation, that's their company. Uh, Fortunate Foundations build well thought out, carefully designed homes with love. I love that, it, with love. <laughs> the designs include a functional floor plan, tasteful finishes, and the best top of the line green building technologies. They create a win-win-win uh, because they create passive income for investors and wonderful home for the owners and reduce the impact on the earth. So Leanne and Lawrence, uh, you can take turns and just tell me briefly who you are, uh, what your background is, and how you ended up where you are. Yeah, well, thank you, Zumi, for having us here. We are so, so excited. Uh, my name is Leanne Rendell Wortman. I'm from Alaska, and I actually grew up on a very small island commercial fishing with my father. I went on to get my biology degree and a 100-ton captain's license, and really, I would say that's where I instilled my love of nature and the environment is during that time. And I met Lawrence at a real estate uh, convention in Alaska. And we kind of joined forces, did a couple flips uh, and decided to move to Austin, Texas, a place where neither one of us had ever been. It took us six weeks of camping and driving through Canada all the way through the United States to get here. But since we've been here, we started building a green, a new construction, green homes, and have just really fallen in love with the city and the community here. I'll let you give yours now. Absolutely. That was a great introduction. Thank you. Um, my name is Lawrence. I'm also from Alaska. Um, I've got a background since I was a teenager working in construction. I later on in life, um, decided to go to school to become an electrician. So I started uh, my career in the uh, oil fields of Alaska on the North Slope. 
um, where I cut my teeth, became a journeyman electrician and worked my way up to the role of electrical and instrumentation field engineer, uh, which had me working with staff, owners and uh, third party verification uh, and different interests for industrial projects. Um, at a certain point, I realized in my career that I kind of felt like I had topped out a little bit. And, um, you know, the idea of being gone away from home eight months out of the year and staring at oil derricks just didn't sit well with me. So I figured I had gotten the education I needed at that point and decided to uh, start my own business or at least pause to see what would come next. Um, as Leanne mentioned, it was uh, us investing in real estate together uh, where I was able to combine my uh, passion for construction, my understanding um, of electrical systems, and uh, along with Leanne's uh, love for nature, and we, you know, um, have metamorphosed into a, a company that builds homes that's conscientious of both. And so uh, that's kind of how we've gotten our start. That's a, that's a great story. But why Texas, though? I mean, you guys were in Alaska, and I can understand that you may want to come to a different part, part of the country, but why did you guys uh, pick Texas and Austin? <laughs> um, I would say it's a little bit of intuition. We, there was somebody in Austin uh, that we knew and he said that the market was great down here. So we kind of got that little bit of intel, but we honestly didn't do a whole lot of research before moving here. It was kind of a, a leap of faith and intuition. Would you agree, Lawrence? I would. I, we had some understanding. We knew the market was good. Um, we knew that the fishbowl was bigger, so to speak. Um, we really felt limited by the size of the market in Alaska and the seasonal um, uh, ability to build there. And so um, we thought it sounded like a good fit. Uh, at the time, though, when we were moving down, uh, this was right around when Hurricane Harvey had hit. Oh, and wow. so that was the devastating uh, hurricane that came through and just really flooded, you know, significant portions of Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, we had actually uh, scheduled to do a, an investment seminar. They called it a boot camp uh, where we would meet other investors and we would kind of go over different facets of the business. Mm -hmm. um, it was scheduled to go off in Houston. And that was actually the first place we went when we arrived in Texas. Um, after visiting Houston, we knew that we had an opportunity to come do a business in Austin. And uh, we figured before we you know, set up to grow roots, we'd survey both. Um, we came to Austin and fell in love with you know, just its real affinity for nature. Um, it's homey and very artistic and inspirational. And green. And by when I say green, I mean you drive down I-35 and there's trees on both sides. Whereas in Houston, it's kind of more concrete and yes. skyscrapers and whatnot. Yeah. So yes. I, you know, I love nature. So I was drawn to the trees and everything here. Yeah. Yeah, yes. there's definitely, and um and we found that we paralleled with, you know, what it was that was important to us in, in the uh, community here already. And so we decided to uh, stay and do business in Austin, and I'm, I'm sure glad we did. Right. It, I have been to both Houston and Austin, so I know the difference between, mm -hmm. you know, like driving on the freeway was a whole, a whole different experience driving in Houston as opposed to Austin. But you know, describing what you have just not about Austin, like with a lot of trees and nature. I mean, there are plenty of other cities around the countries that are probably feasible to do what you're doing. So I'm just really curious, did you even look at any other uh, cities at all? Or it was like you said, it was that intuitive just 
you know, like you just made a beeline to Texas? For, for the most part, yeah. yeah. I think we find, um, you know, we kind of listen to which way the wind is blowing. Um, mm -hmm. You know that um, from a personal philosophy that we believe that the uh, universe looks out for us mm -hmm. and that um, it had put the pieces in front of us to go in that direction. And we weren't interested in questioning that, wondering if so much it was, you know, uh, quantitatively going to be the best move. We just believed in what we were being inspired to do and said, well, that's which way the road leads. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And so that was all it really took. That's really inspiring to hear. I like, I like hearing that. So, um, so were you always, uh, from the beginning, were you always doing the green buildings? Was it always something that you were um, determined to do? I would say that yes, that um, it, it's what we always wanted to do. Now it's really hard to do on flips is what we found. So in the beginning, we started doing flips and it was hard to achieve any sort of green building ratings on those. Mm -hmm. um, the second house was a flip and of course we put solar panels on them and that was in Alaska. Um, it, I would say it wasn't as well received in Alaska. Do you think so? It seems like people weren't really uh, enamored by the solar panels up there, um, partially why we wanted to move. Um, so after Alaska moving down here, um, it has been, we found that building new construction, it, it's much more feasible to incorporate, especially when you can do it from the planning phase, right, Lawrence, mm -hmm. where we, we kind of like um, architecturally, you know, make the home more energy efficient and we can put all brand new energy efficient systems in the home. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where I'll let Lawrence go into that because, you know, he's the, the builder and can tell about everything that we put in the home to make it energy efficient. And um, people in Austin love the environment and are a little bit more progressive that way where it has been really, really well received here. Right. And plus, I would think that in Alaska, when you don't have a lot of sunshine for the <laughs> half of the year, it, yeah. do you think that might be one of the reasons that people may not be so keen to put in the solar panels? Yeah, I, I do. I think solar panels um, are one of those things that, you know, they're just, uh, they meet their challenges when you're that far north. Yeah. Uh, you know, to your question about have we always been inspired to do it, I think from what Leanne was just saying, that the answer is yes. Um, even though we are uh, building homes in Alaska, um, which also is an oil dependent economy, um, you know, we're always interested in doing renewable energies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's been some great research done. Um, in the, uh, they call it the bush out in the, uh, the area of Alaska that's not tied to any electric grids, it's villages and things of that nature. And they really studied um, doing microgrid technologies. And so um, there is, there's, there's plenty of nature uh, enthusiasts in Alaska, people who love the great outdoors, of course. Um, and, you know, it presents its own challenges for people to learn from there. Uh, with that being said, there's an abundance of sun in Texas. So it's much yeah. more feasible to do that technology. Yeah here yeah um, and so you know we've we've learned how to incorporate as many of the different i would say moderate um, or uh, the milder kind of uh, installations 
of um, electrical systems that we can to, to really just kind of come at it from every direction we can. So to Leanne's point, uh, the different technologies that we try to uh, put into a home, uh, they could include solar panels. They also may include uh, things like a heat pump water heater, which runs off a condenser pump, a uh, heat pump HVAC system. Um, and, and so we, we really try to see how we can incorporate things that work in uh, harmony with each other to ultimately generate a larger impact. Right. So um, I have uh, questions here prepared, but I'm kind of wanting to jump to a different question. So are most of the homes that you're building all electric or do you still have gas? So we are actually phasing out gas right now. Okay. Um, in the beginning, uh, we realized um, that, you know, there is a certain inefficiency that comes with an electric stove. And mm -hmm. so, you know, if you're looking at the long tailpipe, I mean, where are you getting your electricity from? Um, you know, what's the most efficient use? Now, uh, one of the next things that we're looking at doing is going to all electric, um, just because we know it's cleaner. And if we're starting to try and couple it with things like solar panel or on-site battery storage, um, or even, you know, induction, you know, ranges and things of that nature, um, there, there's a way to, you know, to problem solve that. And mm -hmm. so we know ultimately the goal is to remove the petroleum to get rid of, um, you know, the gas product in the house and, and reduce the carbon emission of it. And so we have now phased that out just as recently. Oh, great. Yeah, in, in California, we do have already an ordinance where any new construction homes has to be net zero. And well, I think we're also moving very strongly towards electric, you know, electrification. So I, how is, I mean, I can perceive Texas as fairly conservative in terms of, you know, Mm -hmm. environmental issues and things like that. So how, how is that for you to be working in Texas in that market uh, to, to be promoting, you know, the mm -hmm. renewable energy? I mean, we, we know so well about what happened recent, recent months in the, you know, snowstorm. So how do you feel any um, resistance in Texas or do you feel like you have to fight against the <laughs> um, You know, the answer is really uh, no. And okay. this is, uh, you know, perhaps why we listen to the universe when it tells us where to go. Uh, we kind of landed, we landed in the blue heart of Texas yeah. is a good way to look at it, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. the, the, the type of construction that we strive to do is very well received here. Mm -hmm. uh, even with that being said, I think things that, you know, like this recent snowstorm and the failure of ERCOT uh, mm -hmm. here in Texas really, you know, kind of opens people's eyes to uh, what's going on with the climate. And mm -hmm. so um, even though it may be a conservative state, I feel like there's certain things that, um, you know, just kind of transcend politics. And I think more and more people realize, um, you know, when Portland's hitting 115 or, you know, Texas, Austin, Texas mm -hmm. is freezing, right? Yeah. Um, things are getting out of whack. And so um, we've been very well received people embrace the idea of it um and uh and so I, I feel like it's getting easier every day uh to do business like uh in states like texas mm -hmm. and i would say beyond that people are actually searching us out and wanting to buy homes from us because of what we're doing they, yeah they people love the fact that we pull solar panels especially since um you know the electric grid mm -hmm. and we 
recent things that happened with ERCOT and that we're doing not only battery backup, but we're actually trying to do battery solar and then battery primary, right? That's one of the next steps. Yeah, we're doing. that's something but, we're working um, on. So, so, you know, I mean, it, it's, uh, I think it's the right time in our lifetimes to be a green builder, mm -hmm. um, to be somebody who really preaches to that, uh, you know, philosophy of trying to be good stewards of the net zero is a goal of ours. Uh, we're looking at going to uh, do passive house, which is another very high degree of energy efficiency rating. We're actually um, building our first passive house now. It's in the design phase. And Not so, only our first passive house, but the Texas or Austin's first passive house. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, and that's not the FIAS, which is the American version, but the yeah. international German, German version. German version. So, that's right. And so, um, yeah, there isn't another one. We're, we're trying to be the first to do it. And so. Amazing. Yep. Pioneering. So, <laughs> sounds like you guys are the ones that, that are trailblazing basically in, in your market. Do you feel right. like, do you feel like you are differentiating yourself from other developers because right. of what you are, um, what you are doing? Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, other developers definitely try to to claim green building. Uh, we see it a lot, and but they aren't going to the extent that we are. And um, I feel like what I try to do, um, because I'm kind of head of social media and marketing, is I try to really go into detail about all the steps that we take. It goes all the way back to planning. You know, like our homes are architecturally designed to be green on top of all the other systems that we're putting in the home, all the extra insulation that we're putting on the home, solar panels, you know, we go the whole nine yards and, and above and beyond. So, you know, I, every week I'm putting something more specific about different systems or different architecture that we're doing with the home. And then, uh, you know, I kind of give an overall picture of everything that is all encompassing as far as buying a home from us and what that entails. That's amazing. So this brings me to the second question I have prepared. So how is it, how does your process work? And you are now doing exclusively new construction. Is that correct? So then how do you find the lots to mm -hmm. build on? And what is your process and what's the criteria of finding, looking for them? Yeah, um, so it's very market specific. Mm -hmm. um, even down to the county that you may be, you know, working within, what the building codes are. Right. Um, for us, um, honestly, we're able to find properties off the MLS at this point. Um, and, you know, the vetting process, I think, is, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit thorough when you have to go in, you have to analyze, you know, are there any easements on the property? Are there any restrictive covenants on the property? Um, is it meeting your minimum square footages? And then you look into other things like what are the, you know, economic factors that are, you know, making this a good play or a bad play? Are you ahead of the curve too far? Things of that nature. And so you have to be aware of the economics there as well. Uh, for us as a management team uh, goes, we don't want to get spread too thin. So we start to look geographically. How does our management team be efficient with their time, not, you know, driving all over town to get to different projects. And so we try to keep them kind of geographically centered as well. Mm -hmm. um, but we look at all those uh, factors. Um, we look at our build costs. Uh, we look at any unique challenges on the property. Uh, maybe anything we want to accentuate. Maybe we have a great view or on top of a hill. So we want to do a rooftop deck on this property, right? And so, um, you know, we'll look at, you know, extenuating uh, circumstances like that that may increase costs. 
And then we do a deal analysis. We take into account realistic timelines um, and uh, what we feel the market's going to offer for the home at the time of sale and go from there. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. so so do you look for uh, unbuilt or undeveloped lots or do you actually find lots with teardowns and what? Oh. Both. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And so um, a lot of what we've done when we first started growing our business was um, how do we protect our investments, right? We don't have the ability to sustain major economic changes and, you know, we don't want to get into a play that doesn't sell. And so how do we as a startup company protect ourselves? And so what we looked at from an investment standpoint was keep it under a million dollars, which is high for our market. Mm-hmm. Um, and keep it within 15 minutes of downtown Austin. So, you know, in case something changes, we know we're insulated from the fringes of the market, which right. will fill the depression more. And so um, when we did that, obviously anything within 15 minutes of downtown Austin has been built on, right? And so right. at that point, we're buying homes that are, you know, basically, uh, you know, homes of raccoons perhaps or something. <laughs> right? these, are, these are homes that nobody, you could remodel them, but it wouldn't be the best way to, uh, to do the development. Most most of the homes in the area that we're looking at um, have been around for 50 plus years. Um, they weren't built to last, which is something that's kind of a lesson learned for us. I mean, as we go to do, and we're looking at passive and ICF houses, we expect the lifetime of our homes to go well over a century, yeah. right? But these homes were built back in the day with very uh, minimal standards and, you know, they've just exhausted their lifetimes at that point. Right. And so. Um, we did when we first got to Austin remodel one of those, but like Leanne mentioned, um, it's really hard to get a you know a home built to those standards to come up to new energy standards. So, what we do is we actually, um, if the home is salvageable and it's on a pier and beam, we'll look for a buyer. And a lot of people will like to buy these things and then kind of put them out to pasture and refurbish them and turn them into other uh, investment properties. And so we have had people come in and you know put beams underneath the house and you know roll them off the property. Um, If it's not a good candidate for that, um, then we look at working with people who do recycling of their construction waste. Mm -hmm. That's something we already do in our other new construction projects. Mm -hmm. And so we work with a company that actually has a sorting and filtering station um, where they pull everything out. And I think they've got an 87 percent recycling rate. And they use Zen Robotics to go through recycle yeah exactly and so um even though the home's not going to be able to be reused or upcycled to another place it's getting its material sorted trying to keep it out of so, the landfill yeah, yeah. don't well, land that's much, much better than just dumping in the landfill exactly. I, I really appreciate that yeah 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 it's it's the better way to do it so and and so so do you certify your homes with any green building standards and there are a number of different certification programs out there uh, do you ever certify any of your properties that you well, build? right now um pretty much what we're doing on every single home is getting an austin energy green building five-star rating that's great and so that's that's what we've spent the last three years figuring out how to systematize and it was a heavy lift but now we're we're very familiar with the process and we're able to make you know good judgment calls all the way back to the design phase and set ourselves up for success there we're the first ones to be able to do that on a production level oh wow custom home yeah congratulations thank you thank Thank you stringent process uh, like you know like for instance lead is very very comprehensive and complex to get yeah. certified 
And then um, HGB was the genesis for lead, actually. Oh, wow. That's yes. great. Yes. Yeah. And now I, I just sold a home that has Pearl certification, which is out of uh, East Coast. But they are very, um, very cooperative uh, certification program where it's it's similar levels. Um, uh, you know, you get certified and then you get bronze, gold, and uh, bronze, silver, and gold. And I think there might be a platinum as well. But it's um, they provide a lot of uh, information for the real estate agents to to promote the different features. And so it really helped me a lot. So I was just curious if you if you find that having that certification, is it called, what is it called, Texas? Uh, it's the Austin Energy Green Austin Build. Austin Energy. Yes, ma'am. Green Build, EGB yeah. is yeah. the acronym. Okay. Yeah, so do you find that, that having that uh, certification or rating help you in terms of marketing your product? Um, it's a difficult question to answer because of the market mm. uh, fundamentals we have here. Mm -hmm. there is, um, there's a very low supply of houses here. And so uh, what, you know, I mean, to a certain extent, uh, you could probably throw up a stack of sticks and, and sell a house, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so if you're in that type of market, how do you know if your home is selling more, you know, based on the way you built it than the fact that people just, you know, need homes to live in, right? Because right. Austin's growing so quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I think the real way that we can determine that, what we've looked to as guidance on that is, well, what is the feedback we're getting from our homeowners? And right. how is the process of, you know, our market share look as, as we try to go out and sell homes? And so, um, We've received many accolades from people who buy our homes, uh, and we've seen we've gotten letters from people who have said, "I have waited, you know, years to buy a home, and I've told myself I'm not buying any home but a fortunate foundation home." Uh -huh. and, and in addition to that, they, you know, word of mouth is the best advertisement, and so we have people who, you know, have bought our homes, and the next thing you know, we're getting calls from their friends or from their parents who are moving here, uh -huh. and you know, next thing you know, we have a buyer's list of people who yeah. wait. For the next home that we yeah. build, and so, and so, um, everything points to um, it does help when it comes to having a standing in the market. Right. I think it adds to the longevity. Mm -hmm. um, I love the fact that it adds to the, you know, the uh, the reception of green building overall. That people yeah. understand that the quality and the thought and the love that goes into that mm -hmm. is something you know worth you know seeking out and so um i think from a business standpoint um it's a great place to be so. right so now i asked you by email that um you guys are not licensed agents so you hire a real estate agent to sell correct no not currently um oh, really? actually, yeah <laughs> yeah i'm the agent even though i'm not an agent <laughs> i'm the uh. No, we have so much traffic going to our website and mm -hmm. so many people following us on social media and so many people looking for our homes that um, we're pre-selling and we actually don't even like pre-selling anymore because the market is appreciating at such a great rate. Um, we sell it right before it's completed now wow. and we don't need listing agents because there are so many wow. buyers looking for a fortunate foundation's home. That's great. Yeah. What a great yeah. news. I am so excited to hear yeah. that. So 
<laughs> you can do the transaction without getting the agent involved. Correct. Um, some yeah. of the buyers have a representative and agent. Mm -hmm. um, some of them don't, but yes, the transaction can be done we, um, because we have our own um, contracts. contracts. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's, that is actually quite exciting to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I know that you said, you know, you said that you are the head, the person of uh, marketing. Um, mm -hmm. So what are the messages that you are sending out? Or maybe now that you're so established and you have a big followers, maybe you don't even need to, to, to try so hard, but what is the messages that you were trying to convey in the beginning to really um, promote the idea of green homes? And in, you know, what did you have to do? I think that the heart of the message, um, what it really comes down to is that we care. Mm -hmm. We care about the homeowner and we care about the environment. Mm -hmm. uh, we are trying to lower emissions, you know, into the atmosphere. We're trying to build it. We're, we're conscious. We're eco-conscious. Mm -hmm. we, we care about sustainability. We care about um, you know the toxins that are in your home. We don't want VO2 emissions going right. off while you're living in right. your home, all of the mm -hmm. things. So the real heart of my message is that we care. Mm -hmm. And then I also go into detail about what that means. You mm -hmm. know, everything that we, how we go about building the home and everything that we put into it and all the thought, mm -hmm. which is caring, you know, <laughs> so. Um, that's that's really what I try to portray and consistently throughout all of my message. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and you found that the audience, i.e., your buyers, are really yeah. responding. Yes, yes, we have quite a following on social media and a lot of traffic on our website. And so far, it's been extremely well received. And like what Lawrence said, we get personal letters and emails saying, thank you. We love our home. We love your team. You really took care of us, you know? So, so far it's been really, really well received and we're getting great raving reviews. That's yeah. amazing. I would also add, um, it does well with investors. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, as we try to round up capital and uh, find people who want to you know, help support our mission. It's it's a it's a mission you can get behind. If, right. You know, if you can build a project that's profitable mm -hmm. and it takes into account all these wonderful things that help make it a, a healthy uh, you know home that's going to be in exist existence for maybe a century or more. Um, it makes sense to do it, and um, you know why wouldn't you? And so I look, right. we we're able to sell the idea of hey, we're not only doing things that are you know profit generating, right. but things that are you know. Mm -hmm doing it for the right reason. And so to us, um, it's a great thing to be able to kind of go out and talk to people about. It really makes the job of, um, you know, getting people behind your mission and your values much easier. Um, and so that, that's, that's a nice feeling. Um, it doesn't have to be not profitable um, in order to be green. And so it's just about finding that balance. Well, you just hit the, the, the very big question that I have, and I always ask this question to everybody I interview on my podcast. So in, in general, the perception of green building or green homes are that it's more expensive. So how, um, 
how are you finding that to be true from the construction uh, point of view? Um, mm -hmm. I'm hearing from, I, I, you know, I talk to a lot of developers and mm -hmm. uh, people, people definitely have this idea that finding green materials and building green is mm -hmm. more costly. And especially now during the COVID as the building materials prices went up, um, I'm just curious how you found it. And, you know, now that you're doing new buildings, you know, construction, new constructions. So um, to find the right kind of building materials, you know, the paint and the, the cabinetry, the millwork, you know, how do you find that to be more expensive or is it easy to build it green and still have enough profit margin? Yeah. The short answer is yes, it is still possible. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's good news. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at basically uh, the comparison uh, approach here, mm -hmm. there are certain things you're never going to get, a, you know, be able to get away from. You're still going to have to pay for a foundation. You're still yeah. going to have to pay for framing, mm -hmm. um, all of the different things that go into a house, um, you know. And so then there's a, you know, a small difference between certain facets of that, mm -hmm. which you have to consider. And so what we've always looked for were, you know, cost offsets, right? If we're going to do one thing that's more beneficial, can we do something less that's less beneficial? And to give you an easy example of that, um, for instance, we took our exterior walls from two by four to two by six, right? Well, that's, you know, a more expensive piece of framing. Sure. Um, but with that being said, when we go to two by six, we're able to go to 24 inch on center instead of 16 stud base. Mm -hmm. So there's less of them. Right. Um, and so we look at that as a, as a cost offset. That's mm -hmm. one simple example. Mm -hmm. um, there is no doubt that there is going to be a little bit more money spent. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when we wrap the house in exterior foam board to reduce thermal bridging, um, yeah, that's, you know, that's a little bit more money spent. Yeah. But, you know, when you look at it, a percentage of the overall budget, it's really, you know, not that much more to mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you when you're spending, oh, let's say five to 10% more on the budget, um, when we do our deal analysis before we get into the project, five to 10% on the construction costs, um, well, maybe 10 would be a little less, you know, mm -hmm. uh, happy stomach, but 5% uh, shouldn't make or break your deal. If you're really, you know, if you're running it that tight, you're kind of already treading mm -hmm. And so um, there is no doubt it costs a little bit more money. Mm -hmm. uh, but in this market, with the kind of general, I think, uh, perception that the public has and the appreciation for this mm -hmm. and the quality that it gets associated with and that now people want to seek those homes out, it's still a financially safe endeavor. And so um, it's that balance. And I think that's what I was kind of getting to. Right. Of course, we could, you know, maybe make some more money and build it a little bit cheaper, mm -hmm. but I feel like we've swung the pendulum in too far the other way. And then of course we could pull out every stop on every single system you could think of, mm -hmm. but then we wouldn't make any money either. And so we wouldn't be in business long to do more right. homes. Right. And so it's really finding about how you can install value adds and offset some of those expenses intelligently where possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it's, it's being able to run a business and being able to do things that are beneficial for the community. And mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to do that here. Right. Mm -hmm. So your products are priced a little bit higher than the comps then to, to reflect that quality? 
Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. Our, you know, our products, um, and this is, this is kind of one of those, um, you know, things that I look at with, I don't know, a, a little bit of wonderment, I suppose. Um, you know, historically, when you had an appraiser take a look at a home, they needed to be able to look at comparables and say, okay, that solar system is worth $5,000 more. I'm going to assign that value. But, you know, renewable energy um, just wasn't, you know, uh, ubiquitous enough for people right. that have that ability to do so. Right. right. And so they don't take it into account, right? And so here we come and we build homes and um, they're at the top of our market and rightly so. There's more thought, more love, more, you know, systems and, and things put into these houses. So we sell at a premium rate. Right. Um, you know, but now when somebody else who isn't is doing a significant uh, development comes along and says, well, I've got the same amount of square footage and I'm right next door, you know, they can ask for the higher dollar that we're asking for, right? So it's this inverse right. of a problem. And so right. um, I, I look at that and I just go, you know, we are putting a lot more effort into the product, but mm -hmm. because of these metrics, um, you know, other people actually kind of piggyback or ride on the right. floor a little yeah. bit. And so, you know, um, I don't think we have a problem making the project profitable, but we kind of look around and go, well, what are we doing here? So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, the one thing I hope is the differentiating, uh, you know, factor here is as we continue to build more and more quality homes and the reputation and, you know, all the social media that, you know, Leanne's doing, which shares all these wonderful features that we're putting into these homes. Uh, people get familiar with those terms. People understand what those exactly. things mean. Mm -hmm. And so then they start when they go out home shopping asking, well, how come you don't have this system in here? And right. what have you guys done to reduce this? And did you guys, you know, all these things that the, the goal is to have the conversation broaden and perhaps one day have the expectation shift where people go, well, you guys didn't make the home net zero, right? You guys didn't make, you know, it, it built the last 100 years. It's right. And so, um, you know, and that's a little bit of a paradigm. That's a long game. That's much yeah. longer. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of the things that you put into your homes, like you said, you know, the forms and, you know, it's, it's invisible. A lot of the features that are sustainable they're invisible. You can't, you know, unless you know you, you're a builder or you come in with a thermal scan or something, you can't really see it. You know, exactly. like the solar panel, you can sit on the, the roof, but many of the things that we consider green features are hidden, like invisible. It's behind the walls, behind the, you know, ceilings or below the, your, your floor. So I, that was, that, these are always my big questions to, to ask who are, doing anything yeah. green but um yeah. i really appreciate all the insight that you have and um i really like to continue this conversation you know into the future uh i might have to have you come back i don't know maybe i would like you to do a little video tour of one of your um, homes that you have built yeah that would be great yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I have so many more questions I want to ask, but I, you know, my podcast is uh, now I'm out of time. So I'm going to end here and to be continued. I would love to have you guys back. So thank you yes. so much. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe you can tell us where we can find you. What's the uh, website that uh, or Instagram? Yeah, you can find us 
at Fortunate Foundations, that's plural with an S on the end, and on all things social media, at Fortunate Foundations. And then our website is www.fortunatefoundations.com. Yes, we can all go and check it out. Yeah. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. And until next time. And this all is right. Tanaka with Home Green Homes. Thank Pleasure. you so much. Thank you, Zumi. Thank you.